It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Monday, everybody. Today, we are going to get right back into my Timberwolves big board. We are through 13 names so far. Last week, we took a little bit of a break, had a discussion of my names thus far uh, in the top 13 with our friend Dylan Jackson, and also talked a little bit about the Axios all-time rosters, of which the Timberwolves ranked number 29. We're going to get back into the big board today. Also, later on in the week, uh, we are going to have another crossover podcast. We're doing the uh, the Tankathon draft lottery, I guess, um, and, and kind of shuffling the order of the the delete eight teams, if you will, as John Hollinger has uh, has named the eight non-Orlando teams, which is the less glamorous way to say that, I guess. Um, but anyways, we did that crossover podcast a few weeks ago with uh, Wes Goldberg over with the uh, Lockdown Warriors podcast and Chris Manning of Lockdown Cavs. This time around, we are going to be with a couple of different teams. Uh, we have shuffled the order. We'll be recording those podcasts in the next couple of days. So later on this week, we will have uh, the Timberwolves Picking at a to be determined, I don't want to to say where it'll be yet, but a to be determined spot in the top eight of the draft. So it won't be the same as last time around. So we'll have that episode later this week. You have that to look forward to. Today, I want to get into uh, numbers 14, 15, and 16 on my big board. As a reminder, the Wolves almost surely will have the 15 or 16 pick in the draft this year. They do own the Brooklyn Nets pick. So unless the Nets entirely tank their way out of the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference, which would be difficult to do during the month of of August, primarily, then the Wolves would get the Nets pick. And so this is an extremely relevant part of the the big board to to be looking at. So we're going to get into that here in just a minute. First, as always, a quick reminder to please subscribe to this podcast. It helps us out a lot if you subscribe on iTunes, also on Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, wherever you prefer to get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnTWolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. Um, all right, so getting right back into the big board, I'll quick run down the first 13 um, that I have on the board, and then we'll get into 14 coming up here next. Number one on my big board. Again, we started this a few weeks ago, and 
I will be adjusting this now that we're almost done with this exercise. I'll probably go a couple more episodes getting us through 20 or 25 or so. I will be shuffling these. I already have some things that I'd like to, to adjust, but in order to stay consistent, here's where we're at so far. Number one, I had Killian Hayes. Number two, Anthony Edwards. Number three, Obi Toppin. Number four, Tyrese Halliburton. Number five, Devin Vassell out of Florida State. Number six, LaMelo Ball. Number seven, Isaac Okoro. Onyeko Kongwu out of USC is number eight. Kyra Lewis Jr. out of Alabama, number nine. Number 10 is Sadiq Bey, the wing from Villanova. Aaron Nesmith from Vanderbilt, number 11. Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky, number 12. Tania Vija is number 13. Of course, he plays at uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv and actually has been playing really well lately um, and probably improving his draft stock. He's one of the few guys who's actually on the court and competing right now overseas. So we're going to get back into it with number 14. Number 14 on my list is Patrick Williams, the forward out of Florida State. Patrick Williams actually is, I guess, tipping my hand here for a couple of weeks from now. He's going to rise up my board a little bit. I know that this is kind of right around where he's going to be picked or at least where he's being mocked and maybe a little bit higher even. But I think he's a legitimately solid prospect and somebody that the Wolves could use on their roster. He has got really good size. He's um, basically he he could play either forward spot. He'd be undersized for the power forward, um, but the way he plays is maybe a little bit of a better fit for today's four. He's six foot eight with a six eleven wingspan, which is awesome. He's smart. He's athletic. He can shoot three pointers. Um, he shot thirty two percent as a uh, in his one season at Florida State on threes. He shot fifty percent on twos. So overall, from the floor, he's about forty six percent field goal shooting, uh, but he didn't shoot a lot of threes. He only shot uh, about a little under two, 1.7 threes per game. Um, there's some scouting reports that suggest he's a little bit hesitant to shoot from three, and that could be a little bit concerning. But when he shot them, I mean, making a third of those as a one and done player isn't bad. Um, it wasn't his bread and butter, obviously. He's a good help defender because he's athletic and smart, as I already mentioned. It makes him a good team defender. He understands the team concept, can rotate, can guard in the pick and roll, um, can cover for his teammates, and, and is really good in that regard. He also can block shots with his 6'11 wingspan and athleticism. It, make, it means he can guard bigger players on switches. He can guard when if wings were to try and play in the post at all. He can rebound a little bit because of his size and athleticism. Um, all of those things are, are things the Timberwolves need. They need more athleticism. They need more shot blocking. They need more team defense. They need more um, uh, you know size on the wing position, somebody with wingspan. Uh, The only real concerns are the consistency of his perimeter shooting. 32% isn't great. And again, he was hesitant at times and he's not a great one-on-one defender. Now he's, of course, he's not going to be guarding the James Hardens of the world. He's not going to be guarding the, um, you know, the Damian Lillards, obviously he's not going to be guarding these dynamic perimeter players, but he, in a team concept, he's going to be big enough and athletic enough to fit where he can switch and guard you know, some of these more dynamic wings in a pinch, he could guard a a Paul George in a pinch, but you're not going to put him on Paul George for the entirety of a game. That's, that's Josh Akogi's role. Uh, That is, you know, potentially Jarrett Culver's role. If he grows into it, that's not likely going to be Patrick Williams role. He's more of a switchable type in some sense. And he's a little smaller than James Johnson, but in some sense, it's similar to James Johnson. Johnson's not an outstanding one-on-one defender at this stage in his career, but he's a good help defender. He's a very good team defender. Um, He's very switchable. He can guard in a pinch. He can contest a shot from a dynamic perimeter player. He can take somebody to the basket and maybe get a shot block, force him into a shot blocker. Patrick Williams is a good enough team defender that I think it covers for some of his one-on-one issues. He's, he's when on the floor, he's going to be guarding one of the less, you know, the lower usage 
opponents. He's not going to be guarding the Paul Georges of the world. Um, also offensively, the, outside of his hesitancy and, and, and lack of real consistency from beyond the arc, he is a, in theory, a good playmaker, but he had some turnover issues, some sloppy turnovers, some things that he has to work on, um, developmentally. Again, he was a one and done player. He's still quite young. Um, so that's less concerning, but because of his athleticism and his intelligence, his overall feel is really good, especially on help defense. Um, if he can clean up some of the shot selection and some of the sloppier turnovers, some of the careless turnovers, he could be a legitimately good playmaker. Um, so I guess that would be a concern from day one, but again, if he's on the court, say he's, he's, uh, on the court with, I, I mean, plug him into the Josh Kogi role, no matter who that is, it's the fifth option on offense. Um, unless he becomes really dynamic, really quick and, and starts getting shots over. So, you know, it's not like Juancho Hernan Gomez. If he's the starting four, he's not a high usage player, but he's a, a above average three point shooter. So he's going to get his over the course of a game. Patrick Williams isn't going to be a high usage guy early on. He's not going to be asked to be a major playmaker unless he falls into a bench role, which is effectively what Jarrett Culver is going to be asked to do this next year. I think will be, you know, be a creator on offense off the bench and be the best bench defensive player, the best defensive player coming off the bench. If Patrick Williams can do basically what Jarrett Culver did this year, hopefully not have to start as much. He could be a fit as a, as a three, four, you know, almost the Jake Lehman type role off the bench along with Jake Lehman and provide a little bit in theory, he should be a little more dynamic than Jake Lehman. He should be able to put the ball on the floor a little bit more, um, but there's some similarities there. And, and I think that's the type of role that a guy like him could fit into for the Timberwolves. And the more I looked at his profile and, and watched him, I think he's somebody who could really fit into this uh, into this 15 or 16, wherever the Wolves end up drafting, if he's still on the board. And, and I think it's there's a good chance he will be. So more to come on him. I definitely want to get back into Patrick Williams, do a little bit more study on him as we get into my second version of the big board here a little bit later on this summer. All right, before we get into number 15 on my big board, let's talk about our I Will campaign. The Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Lockdown is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. Let's talk about our friends at Blinkist as well. Let me tell you about my secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead. It's hard to find the time to sit down to read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. With Blinkist, you can get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. 
And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, let's get back into the big board with number 15. Uh, uh, prefacing these next two here with with a thought. So we're now clearly, I mean, 15 is right smack dab in the middle of the first round. It's right around where the Timberwolves are slated to have a second first round pick. We're in the territory of the draft that really in any year, the back half of the lottery into the you know late teens, early 20s, you're not really looking for these, these high upside guys that you're expecting to be all-stars or game-changing players in year one or year two, or maybe even ever. Occasionally you strike gold, and obviously that's still the goal. You want as many all-star caliber players, as many first, second, third offensive options as you can find. But historically, you know that that's not often what's happening. There's, you know, you'll, you'll get a, a Giannis who's of course the ultimate kind of uh, mystery pick with an extremely high ceiling that takes a few years to come around, or you'll get guys like later in the first round who end up being really solid, you know, Jimmy Butler going way back like a Josh Howard or guys that end up being all-stars that are drafted in the twenties of the first round. This draft, that, that threshold co- comes a little bit earlier because the draft is a little bit more shallow. It might be deep in these more role type players, but in terms of star caliber talent, there's not a whole lot. And we've talked about that, but I think at this point in the draft, teams are going to be looking for guys that can fit specific roles. And of course you don't really know what a player is going to develop into immediately, but there's a few guys in this draft where their ceiling is likely going to be a really good backup point guard or a really good rotational wing player or whatever that might be. And it's hard to see them advancing much beyond that. It doesn't mean that they can't, but it also means that the Timberwolves could take somebody that fits a specific need on their roster uh, because maybe that's the tiebreaker over, you know, do we need another seven footer who could be a good backup center? Probably not because we've got Carl Anthony Towns, depending on what they do with their first pick. They've got this year, they've got James Johnson who can fill that role. They've got Nas Reed who they like. What's the point? You know, you'd probably err on the side of another wing because you can never have enough wings. Um, or perhaps a backup point guard. So that's where I'm, I, that's where we're at here with number 15 and 16 on the list. So number 15 for me is Cole Anthony, the guard out of UNC. Um, he is a point guard. Um, he, he just is. And the Timberwolves have a, a point guard who was an all-star at the age of 23 that they just, you know, uh, basically tried for almost a year to acquire and eventually did in D'Angelo Russell. So they are not drafting, if they were to draft Cole Anthony at 15 or 16 or wherever they pick, they're not drafting Cole Anthony to be the starting point guard. We know that. He does, Cole Anthony does have the upside of a dynamic score first starting point guard. He could become that. He could become a high usage point guard who is successful at the NBA level. I think that's an unlikely outcome. I think 
more likely than not, he becomes a backup point guard, maybe in the right system. He could even play a little bit off the ball, though he's not very big. Um, and uh, I, th- I think his best scenario is probably as that backup point guard who can be a little bit of a of a jolt off the bench, that six man type scorer. Um, he's only six three with a six four and a half wingspan, so he's he's not small, uh, but he's not going to be big enough to consistently play the two in the NBA. And so he really is a point guard. I could see the Timberwolves, and I, I mentioned this um, the other day. I think it was with Tyrese Maxey. Depending on how much the Timberwolves like Jordan McLaughlin and depending on what they're able to retain him at in the offseason, and I think they'll try, and clearly they like him, and he had a really great run in February and March. Depending on, on what they think about Jordan McLaughlin meeting the coaching staff in the front office, the Timberwolves could look to draft a backup point guard in this range. And maybe next year this this player is the third string point guard and doesn't see a ton of minutes and is more of an emergency type guy. And McLaughlin's the the main backup and it gives the Wolves the opportunity to evaluate McLaughlin moving forward. And then perhaps, you know, maybe it's not this year, but the following year that the Timberwolves seriously challenge for a playoff spot or seriously challenge for a, you know, a, a top four playoff spot in two years or whatever that might be. Maybe at that point, this player is a primary backup point guard and sees some minutes off the ball or pushes D'Angelo Russell off the ball and plays a little bit. So a guy like Colin Anthony could be that guy. He could be the third string point guard this year, become a backup point guard and kind of a microwave off the bench, can get hot quick and score some points. Um, and that's the type of role I see a guy like Cole Anthony filling if the Wolves were to draft him. He's got a solid offensive game. He's a good catch and good with the catch and shoot, although he's not overall quite as efficient offensively as you'd like for a guy that's only six, three with the six, four and a half wingspan. He can finish in the paint because again, his size is okay. He's athletic. Um, he, he shot a lot in college and, um, basically North Carolina wasn't great in, in, for much of the year, he didn't have much of a supporting cast. So perhaps some of it was, he felt like he had to shoot a lot in a backup point guard role. I mean, you don't want him to turn into, you know, Jamal Crawford on the, on the Jimmy Butler Timberwolves team. that went to the playoffs in 2018, shot the ball a ton off the bench and had a couple of really good games. But is that really what you want in your backup point guard? That's not necessarily, I, I you know, I think you kind of want to change a pace from D'Angelo Russell. So somebody like Cole Anthony would have to dial that back a little bit off the bench. Um, he's also a pretty good defender uh, and, and that's positive. I mean, we said the same thing the other day about, um, about Maxi uh, being a little bit undersized and, and can guard the one really well, but isn't super switchable because of his size. One of the advantages of D'Angelo Russell is even though he's not ultra athletic and he's not a great defender, he's big. So he can contest shots if he can get through screens. And if he, if he shows the want to on defense, he can switch onto twos, you know, in a pinch and do okay, partly because of his size and he has decent athleticism. Cole Anthony is not big. He's 6'3", but he is a good defender and he tries hard on defense and that matters too. So I think this is about the right range for him. I do think he's going to be a good backup point guard in the NBA. I I think he can be solid. I don't know if he has the true upside to be a starter, but maybe he does. Um, And so this also is an area where you might have a team that covets him and thinks that he's better than what he showed in his season with the Tar Heels. I mean, coming into the season, he, everybody thought he'd be a five, six top five, six, seven pick in this year's draft, but he just had a, a subpar one and done season with at North Carolina. And so, um, I'm sure that there's a team out there that covets him and maybe wants to trade with the wolves to, to get back into the first round to, to 14, 15, 16 or wherever the wolves land and wants to take Anthony and maybe the wolves can take advantage of that. Um, but if he's on the board at 15 and the wolves don't have to have a suitable trade partner, he could be someone with the upside to be a really solid backup point guard. And I could see the Timberwolves taking that leap. Um, you know, if, if he's on the board, I think he, he could fit what they want to do if he can develop that shot and, uh, and, uh, you know, be a good, a good scorer off the bench. 
All right, before we get to number 16, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar. There's 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors and eight chocolate nut free flavors. Today, I wanna focus on the chocolate mint brownie, which is, of course, one of those eight chocolate nut free flavors. It is my favorite flavor. The profile on the mint brownie is 15 grams of protein, only 110 calories, four grams of sugar, and just five grams of net carbs. All Built Bar bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're all soft and easy to chew. They're all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. They are perfect if you're health conscious and are trying to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a fantastic and delicious treat. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, number 16 on the big board is Teo Meldon, another point guard who, going back to what I said at the start of the last segment, along with Cole Anthony, is one of those guys who could just be a solid backup point guard. I think Meldon might have a little bit less upside, certainly in terms of scoring and, and at this point, shooting. But the main difference is size. If you look at if you look at any edge that Meldon has over Anthony, uh, and again, the only reason I'm really comparing them is they're both... Uh, true point guards that are likely going to get picked in the late lottery, early or late lottery to, to late teens, maybe around the 20 mark in this draft. Maladon's a solid point guard. He isn't quite as dynamic and, and probably doesn't have as much upside as Anthony, but he's got really good size for a point guard. He's six foot four. He is six foot eight and a half inch wingspan. So six, eight and a half wingspan. And because of that, and, and because he's he's an extremely intelligent player, he could be a better defender than Anthony. Um, again, they're both solid defenders. Um, and another another way to describe Meladon's game is, is basically he's solid all the way around. There isn't one thing that you look at and you say, okay, he's really good at this outside of his size, but he's pretty good at basically everything. Um, he's smart, he's crafty, I think is the best way to describe his offensive game. He can figure out how to score and how to distribute within the offense without being an ultra-athletic player, without being an outstanding shooter. But again, he can take and make jumpers. He can score in the paint largely due to his size and his you know decent athleticism. Um, he can succeed at various levels of the offense because he is good in all of these areas. The other thing that's really attractive about Maladon is he's really young and he can still develop. He's one of the younger players in the draft. He's been playing over in France and um, has the ability to to really kind of come right into the NBA and learn the NBA game and become a solid backup point guard really quickly. He may have the upside of being a starter. I don't think he's ever going to be extremely dynamic at any part of his game. Again, for all the reasons I've already listed, but he's another guy that you could take and expect him to develop into a solid backup. Um, I'm not comparing his game or certainly not Cole Anthony's to Chris Dunn, of course, out of Providence who the Wolves drafted in the top five a few years ago when Tom Thibodeau was running the show. Dunn was a top five pick he is now an effective NBA player, but he's a backup point guard. His offensive game has never developed. He is a really good backup point guard, one of the best defensive point guards in the league, but he has enough limitations offensively that he's going to be 
about he's a big bodied backup point guard with still some distribution capabilities, but no jumper um, and and really strong defense defensive characteristics. I'm not saying Maladon is Chris Dunn. I, I don't think they're all that similar as prospects, but that's the type of role that Maladon's going to find him in where he can be a solid backup point guard and um, could have a nice NBA career. You know, maybe it's a journeyman type career where he's, he's a backup point guard for hire, where he's going to different teams and, and has the ability to, to shore up the bench for teams that are trying to make the playoffs. I'm really like uh, projecting out his career now, like five to 10 years down the road, but that's really what I see in him as a prospect. And there's still some upside. Uh, there's, there's still some upside and he could certainly turn into a starter, but I see him as being like this borderline starter, solid backup. Um, and, and if he develops anyone, if he becomes a great shooter, which certainly can happen, if he, um, you know, becomes outstanding at any one thing, then there's the, the real possibility that he becomes more than a backup, but that's how I profile him at this point. And perhaps he's a better fit for the Timberwolves than Cole Anthony. It depends on what you think the Wolves want behind D'Angelo Russell. They want a guy who's going to be more shoot first so they can run a lot of the same sets and, and, um, you know, there's some similarities between a Cole Anthony and D'Angelo Russell, or do they want a guy who's going to be more of a distributor, more creative, get into the paint more often than a D'Angelo Russell, like a, like a Teo Maladon? Um, do they want somebody who's more of a change of pace? Currently, Jordan McLaughlin is very different than D'Angelo Russell. McLaughlin's a lower usage guy. He gets into the paint a lot more than Russell. He um, can hit an open jumper, but he's not going to look for an, to shoot a three-pointer off the bounce like D'Angelo Russell is going to do from 30 feet away. Um, and I think there's a lot of advantages to having a change of pace point guard behind your, your starter, as long as the rest of the team, you know, as long as you can figure out how your bench offense is going to operate versus, versus your first team offense, um, and how you're going to mesh those two units and your substitution pattern and all those things, which are all things that Gerson Rosas and the Wolves front office are going to consider before making any of these decisions. I know it's really in the weeds for a draft analysis, but those are all things that are going to be considered by Rosas and company before they make a selection. Um, Again, I'm on the record as saying I think they end up trading this pick, and I don't know if it's like they pick up a second rounder and just push the pick to next year. I think that's probably what they'd like to do. Uh, Remember, they don't have, the Timberwolves don't have their 2021 first round pick because they traded it in the Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell deal. Next year's draft is going to be deeper. I could definitely see the Timberwolves trying to, you know, maybe they find somebody who falls in love with Cole Anthony and he's on the board at 15 or 16. The Wolves can pick up a second rounder this year or next year and a first rounder next year to move this. So they get an asset, they push the pick to next year when they don't have one already um, and they win all the way around. I absolutely think that's what they're going to try and do. And there's a decent chance it doesn't work because this is a shallower draft. But again, all it takes is one. All it takes is one team that falls in love with one player that's on the board when the Wolves are on the clock. And um, hopefully the Timberwolves are able to do whatever it is they think is best um, to, to move out of this draft or to take a player that's still on the board. But I could definitely um, see any of those things happening um, on draft night come, geez, come October, I guess, which still feels so weird, but that's where we're at. All right. That's all we have for you today. Again, next episode this week is going to feature our crossover episode with um, a couple of other Locked On podcasts. And so you'll be able to hear who we select as part of that draft, as well as the reasoning behind the other team's picks and who they are selecting um, in the second version of the Locked On NBA Network mock draft. That's all we have for today here at Locked On Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. That's at Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. 
Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.